0: Well good morning. The last time that we gathered together for Bible study, we took a look at Matthew chapter 22 and we studied verses 1 through 14. So today we will go ahead and study verses 15 through 46. So please open your Bibles or your phone apps up to Matthew chapter 22. And as I always remind you, if you have missed some of our previous teachings, you can find them on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, by searching for A Love Outreach. But what we'll go ahead and do here this morning is just even though we covered verses 1 through 14 the last time, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just start reading in verse 1 again, okay? So starting in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 22, it says, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parable and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business, And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So, these, so those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. So again, I want, you, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that last teaching on verses 1 through 14 because there are some really strong points here in regards to entering the kingdom of God, which we have been talking about for the past couple studies we've done. Okay? And Jesus makes some points in, these, in this, these parables here that He speaks that are very important. But here we see now we'll move on into verse 15, Jesus has offended these religious leaders and we're told now in verse 15, then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle Him in His talk. And they sent to Him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone for you do not regard the person of man. Now, first of all, it's hard, it's hard to not pick up on the fact here that these disciples of the Pharisees were just a bunch of snakes in the grass. All you have to do is listen to the way they talk there as you read it, right? They're with, they have lying, deceitful hearts. And of course, Jesus is not going to be fooled by them nor is he fooled today by those that are religious hypocrites. He knows all, he sees all, he looks at the heart of everyone, right? But these guys go on here in verse 17, and they say to Jesus, Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? So again, Jesus knows the real from the fake. He knows. And he says to them in verse 19, Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is on this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God, the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. So there we see one very simple answer from Jesus. Remember, as we're studying through Matthew here, remember, Jesus is preaching and teaching the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And we've talked a while back about how those two terms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, are one and the same as they're used interchangeably here in the Gospel of Matthew, right? But He's calling people to repent. He's calling them to be born again. That's what Jesus is about. That's what He's doing. There's no taxes due in the kingdom of God, nor is there money needed for the kingdom of God. Jesus wasn't trying to start anything that had anything to do with the things of this world. What Jesus was teaching and preaching had nothing to do with the things of this world. That's important. I I repeated that for a reason. It's important that we grasp that as disciples of Jesus today. You see, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. The souls of men, the souls of women. He wanted people to be born again. As we've talked about a lot through the Gospel of Matthew as well, to repent, to be born again. In one parable, Jesus spoke of a man that had all kinds of earthly wealth, And the man thought that he had really accomplished something because of all this wealth he had attained, and thought that he could take it easy and retire because of the things that he had provided for himself. But Jesus ends that story by reminding us that what matters is not what we have in this world, but what matters is the condition of our soul. Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, what shall profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? This was the focus of Jesus. He said, whoever desires to come after me, Jesus said, let him deny himself, take up the cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. So the kingdom of God, again, has nothing to do with money or what we gain in this world, has nothing to do with the things of this world. The kingdom of God is about the things of God, spiritual things. The Lord wants those that come to Him, that is, those that repent, and are born again, He wants them to no longer fix their eyes on the things of this world, but rather to make the priority of your life to be seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Remember, we talked about last week how in the kingdom of God, the proper attire is righteous acts, righteous deeds, That was the, we just read verses 1 through 14, the guy that didn't have on the proper garments. And we looked at Revelation 19, 8, and we saw where the proper garments for the wedding were the righteous acts of the saints. Right? So we need to understand that the kingdom of God, again, I'm repeating this, but repetition is the mother of all learning, right? Right? The kingdom of God has nothing to do with the things of this world. Why is it that I feel that I have to stress this? Because when you look at Christianity today, it's become all about, a lot about the things of the world, money, retirement plans, politics, and all of this kind of stuff, right? Romans excuse me, fourteen seventeen says that the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. These are spiritual things. This is what Jesus came for. This is what he talked about. See, be careful if your prayer life, your focus is always on, you know, money or a better paying job or you're praying for cars or houses or things like that, right? We need to be careful that we, that we stay, our lives stay in the context of the Word of God, the truth, what Jesus truly taught. Don't just listen to people that come up with cliches or, you know, wonderful sounding things or, it's called winds of doctrine that will go through the church, winds of doctrine that people will buy into. You don't want to become that Excuse That kind of person. You really need to be sure that you study the Word of God, that you know the truth of the Word of God, and that the, the, the Word of God you're learning is not really the Word of man. Some teaching of men or women that are standing up there, coming up with these winds of doctrine and these false doctrine. What's the truth of the Word of God? What does Jesus truly say? You know, some people will make the claim that Jesus spoke more about money than He did salvation. That does not line up with the truth of the Word of God. And count the number of times, and go read the number of times that Jesus talked about money. Was it in a negative or a positive connotation to it? See, Jesus wants us focused on spiritual things. Just like in this example here. Excuse me. i itch in my throat. Just in this example here with the coin, right? Whose inscription's on this? Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. To God the things that are God. There's a difference between that which is God's and that which is of this world. Okay? You know... I've already brought up these scriptures to you here this morning, but I think it's important that I have you look at this, too. Because, again, you need to read the Word of God for yourself. Go ahead and mark this page in your Bible and go turn up to the Gospel of Luke. So we're in Matthew, Mark, then Luke, right? Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. These are some of the verses I was just kind of mentioning to you here. Um, Luke chapter 12, verse 13. It says, Then one from the crowd said to him, so so this is someone that's speaking to Jesus, and they say to him here, they they say, Teacher, tell my brother to divide up the inheritance with me. Okay, so this is another money matter, isn't it? Right, or possessions matter, if you will, matter, if you will, right? Another time where someone wants to hear what Jesus has to say about money or the things of this world. Verse 14, but he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? So Jesus is clearly saying here, what does what does a money matter have to do with me? What does a money matter? What does this have to do with what I'm teaching, what I'm here preaching about? Jesus goes on. Verse 15, He says, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Life is nothing about that. The life that God has for you, the abundant life, The spiritual life that Jesus Christ has for you has nothing to do with how much money you have in the bank, your retirement plans, your 401ks, nothing, nothing to do with that. The cars, the houses, whatever it is. Okay? So again, keep in in mind, here's this guy clearly asking this question, right, about this money dilemma that he has or this possessions dilemma, right? And just like the paying your taxes issue, Jesus could care less. It's not what He's about. Of course, we know that He is the Creator of all that is, but when it comes to chasing after money and all of that kind of stuff, this is not the focus of the kingdom of God. That is not what Jesus teaches at all. Like I mentioned The kingdom of God is things like righteousness. How how much are you concerned with that? Peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. How much focus do you put on those things? Right? Are you walking in the way of righteousness and the way of peace, both internally and externally? With others around you, are you a peacemaker? Or are you causing people to need a pacemaker? <laughs> yeah. does, does, does your life exude joy? Remember, the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy. Do you exude joy in your life? Or are you, or are you all stressed out about the things of the world? Your finances? Things like that. Let's read on, verse 16. This is the story I mentioned earlier. It says, Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all of my crops and my goods. So just get more and more, right? More and more things, more things of the world right? one The soul's never satisfied when you're chasing after the things of the world. I will say to my soul, verse 19, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then who, whose will those things be which you have provided? Think about that, which you have provided. Okay? You're striving to provide things for yourself. When God wants to provide your needs, He wants you resting in and trusting in Him. But He says, who, who are these, will these things be, which you have provided? So, so is He who lays up treasure for Himself and is not rich toward God. So do you see, there is a clear distinction between between the treasures of this world and the riches of God. Two entirely different things. They don't join together. They don't come together. Again, unfortunately, Christianity today has melded these things and brought them into the church, into the kingdom of God, so to speak. But it's not what Jesus taught Just like the coin back in Matthew chapter 22. You see money, cars, houses, retirement plans, real estate investments, on and on it goes, you name it, right? These are treasures of the world. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit are the treasures of God. And they bring no stress with them. How are you doing today today? If I, if you were to go and look at your bank account, or you go and look at your financial statements, or whatever, and you you check them and you see how you're doing. Have you ever gone to check the list in the Bible of the fruit of the Spirit, and how are you doing on that? Are you rich toward God today, or are you rich in the things of the world? And if you're poor in the things of the world, does your heart desire them? Are you chasing after them? Are you frustrated and stressed because you don't have them? We've got to separate the kingdom of God because it's not about those things, okay? Verse 22, Then He said to His disciples, okay, this is Jesus speaking, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Human life is of far more value to God. He cares about you above all His creation. Okay? And which of you, verse 25, by worrying can add one cubit to His stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink nor have an anxious mind. Remember in that parable, Jesus said, whose are these things going to belong to that you have provided? In other words, you're, you're, you're stressing to provide for yourself. And He says here in verse 29, do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But, so do you hear that? The Father knows you need these things, okay? But, seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. So, there's the example of the life of a person that becomes a disciple of Jesus. They let go of the world. They die to themselves. They take up the cross. They follow Him. They repent of their sin. And their life becomes focused on righteousness, peace, joy. God will take care of that person. And, And you need to let this world go. Do not let this world have a grip on you like that. Do not fear, verse 32, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide for yourself money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fall where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do you see the story here in this chapter? Somebody that's storing up. This man's storing up. And Jesus puts a negative connotation on that, right? But then he describes in a positive way someone that is carefree. Sells what they have. Giving alms. Giving to the poor. Giving to people that have need. Helping the spread of the gospel. Just giving. Just giving. Not hoarding. Not gathering. You may not think of yourself as a hoarder, but when you're stressed and you're worried about your retirement plan and what, how, how you want to take ease for your soul someday, and what does it cause you to do? It just causes you to be stressed, right? But the key is what you focus on. It's either going to give you peace or it's going to destroy you. If you focus on the things of this world, you will be too stressed to be blessed. You won't have that peace and joy. If you're fixed on the kingdom of God, you'll be too blessed to be stressed. It's all a matter of our focus, what we fix our minds on. So be careful not to make money or the things of this world a matter of the kingdom of God. Because they're not. Has nothing to do with it. Has nothing to do with it. Study the Word of God. Read it for yourself. And see what Jesus wants you to be all about. Is it about money? Is it about retirement plans and investments and such? Or is it about spiritual things? It's plain to see from the teachings of the Bible what the Lord wants us to be focused on. Trust in God rest in Him. That's what He wants us to do. In Christ Jesus, you know, we have all that we need for life and godliness and we can rest in Him. Let's flip back to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22 it goes on in verse 23. The same day the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also and the third, even to the seventh. Last of all, The woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. Listen to that. You are mistaken. He says, For in the resurrection they neither marry." nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitudes heard this, they were astonished at His teaching. So here again, though, we see a shifting of focus, don't we? Marriage and legal matters and such, that's what they're questioning him about here, right? The kingdom of God is nothing like the kingdoms of this world. There will be a resurrection of the dead, but when there is... And we are eternally with God in heaven, it's not going to be the same as it is here on this earth as we now know it. We're trying to compare, earth, these guys are anyway, right? And, and if we're not careful, we can do it. We, we're trying to compare earthly things, earthly matters, legal matters of this world, money matters of this world. We're trying to compare these things with the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, You're mistaken. You need to learn the scriptures. You need to understand what it's really about. You know, one of my favorite scriptures, I quote it all the time, 1 Corinthians 2 9, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We cannot make that mistake of comparing the things of this world, to the things of the kingdom of God. The Lord teaches that we need to have a different mindset. We need to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. God knows we have needs in this world, and He wants to provide for our needs, but He wants us trusting in Him, focused on Him, resting in Him, pursuing Him, But if our hearts are too consumed to focus on God, we'll never know His provision. If we're consumed by everything around us, we're not going to know the rest and the peace and the joy that He wants us to have. What does your heart treasure today? You know, I'd really like to stop right there and just leave you with that. I hope you'll think on these things here. But we're going to go ahead and finish out the chapter. Verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that He had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked Him a question, testing Him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. So there it is, right? What's your focus? Do you love God above all else? Or do you love this world and all the things that it has to offer? 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man, Jesus said in Matthew 6.24. Money. Man, the things of this world, right? Your heart can't be in both places. The Lord knows what is best for us, and He tells us what we should be focused on. I know that many that profess Christianity are very money-minded and becoming very politically minded, but the Lord calls us to be spiritually minded. Be spiritually minded is life in peace. You're not going to be stressing out about all the things in this world. But you know, I'm going to kind of put something in here too. If you're sitting around and you're watching the news and the news is causing you to fear and shut up in your house and lock yourself up because you're living in fear, that's the opposite of living in faith. You need to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Don't let all this negativity in this world that, that they want to put out there because of their political reasons they want to put they want to lock you up and strap you down. And you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Okay? And you got to be careful not to do that. You need to fix your eyes on the Lord. Fix your rest in him, trust in him. He'll give you peace and rest in your soul when you do. Let's read on verse 44. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is He? They said to Him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call Him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls Him Lord, How is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare question him anymore. Look at all the answers he gave, right? He astonished them. In a sense, he just shut them up, right? But there they were questioning and antagonizing the Savior, God who became flesh and dwelt among us. They're antagonizing Him. He's right there in front of Him. and, And they knew the writings of the prophets. And they knew the writing of King David. Jesus was the one that the prophets spoke of. Christ, the Messiah. The answer, the way, the truth, and the life. The one who says, Come unto Me, all you who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. Let your heart question no more. Let today be the day that you begin Take the opportunity now to find rest for your soul. Let go of this world. Stop chasing after the wind. That is chasing after all the things that this world wants you to chase after and leaves you empty and fearful and alone and scared. Perfect love casts out fear. And Jesus wants to give that perfect love of God inside of your heart. The day is coming where you will have to bow your knee to Jesus. We all will. Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. But let that time be now. Bow your, your heart to Him, bow your knee to Him, bow your life to Him entirely. Right? Through the living Word of God. And you're hearing the Word of God today. That's why I'm telling you, go back and read it yourself. Dig deeper into it. Find out the truth. Don't just listen to a preacher, somebody tell you the Word of God without reading it for yourself because it's got to get deep inside of your own soul. And you have to know this for yourself. Place your trust in Him. Don't place your trust in Him in the things that are perishing. If we can help you, reach out to us. Go to our website and fill out the contact form. We'd love to pray for you or point you to a new life in Jesus Christ. We're going to go ahead and stop here for today. If you're hearing a hissing In the teaching, I haven't figured out how to get rid of that yet, so I apologize for that. But let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, again, for your word, for your Holy Spirit, who teaches us, who who counsels us, who comforts us, who leads us in the way of truth, brings us into remembrance of all the things that you have said, Lord, and you have done. And Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You don't want us living in stress. You don't want us living in fear. Lord, we need to make your word of the utmost importance. Not the word that comes through the television, on the news channels. Not the words of the newspaper and the radio and all of this stuff. Lord, we need to trust in you, Lord, with all of our hearts. And I pray for those that will someday see this video possibly or hear this audio, Lord, and for us here, Lord, that we would treasure you, that we would treasure the things of the kingdom of God and not be focused on this world that makes us too stressed to be blessed. But Lord, that we would fix our eyes on you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. And we thank you for this time again in your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.